Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. Am I starting it? I'll start it. I didn't know if you started it or not. Yeah, it's recording. Oh. Hey, guys. Welcome in. Um... <clears throat> So, Zach, I don't know if you heard the news, but Henry Ruggs got convicted three to ten years uh, the who's, other day. Who, wait, who's Henry Ruggs? Former wide receiver at Alabama, former Raiders wide receiver. Uh, oh, professional driver? Paul Walker. Hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think now that it is starting to ring a bell now. Speed racer? Yeah, speed racer. Gotcha. Yep. So, three to ten years for him. Uh I feel like he kind of got off a little easy there. I agree, considering he's probably only going to get the minimum sentence, you know, because of the oh, end of the day yeah. money and um, recognizability. But is that the word I'm looking for? Either way, um, yeah, I think those have a lot to say. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, he must have had Saul Goodman as his lawyer or something because to have a three-year minimum is, is pretty freaking impressive. That's, yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's better than anything he's done in the NFL. Mm. Well, he didn't, he, he wasn't in there long enough to do anything. Yes. Most, most guys are at least in there for like five years before they act like idiots. Yeah, before the money really gets to them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. John he's still on his rookie deal. Documentary. <laughs> well, his money, his family had money anyway, so. He got it on his own. Speaking, hey, speaking of the. Johnny Manziel documentary. I uh, couldn't help but notice that they cut out, conveniently cut out the two games that he played against LSU. Okay. Huh. I don't know. Just convenient. I don't know. But uh, move moving on. Uh, good news in the MLB. Michael Lorenzen threw a no hitter um, for the Cincinnati Reds. So, congrats to him. Yeah, good job. Um, not really you sure what any of that means, but um, yeah, good for him. Uh, well, no so hitter. When you when you uh, throw a no hitter, it means the other team did not get a hit. Ah, so the uh, other team just sucks. Basically, All right, yeah, good for you yeah. for capitalizing on a team's lack of, I don't know, work ethic. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I mean, um, that seems like some kind of accomplishment that just I feel like it's happening more and more often lately. I feel like that used to be like a pretty rare thing. Now it's just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, cool. So, so in my opinion, again. I think, I think the pitching's gotten so, so much better over the years that, man, it, it'd be hard to not see a uh, change of the distance from the mound to the plate. It used to be, I mean, I mean, it used to be okay. When guys were averaging like eighty-seven mile an hour fastballs, but nowadays it seems like it, everybody's got at least two dudes that throw a hundred from sixty feet and sixty feet away. I mean, good luck. So just because people are getting good, you have to change the game. I mean, no, not necessarily, but I think at some point, uh, athletes are going to evolve to the point where the game becomes unfair. 
Hmm. Also, I am. I mean, I, I understand. Like a lot of people don't like baseball because it's a little slow paced. So I think in order to grow the game, you need more, more offense, more action. If you move the mound back, um, if you move the mound back, you'll have a lot more hits, a lot more home runs, runs scored. So maybe if you put the ball on a tee, you'd have more runs and more home runs and scores. Oh, so, I don't know why not just do that. Well, then the defense will probably never get you out. Expand the field. No. Are we playing cricket? I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen one game of cricket. I wouldn't know. I haven't watched one, but I've seen like it's just on like Sports Center Top 10. I think, I feel like the field is 360 degrees, like a big circle. It's not just a baseball field. Hmm. That's interesting. May have to get into it. Yeah, like I think I don't think there's like foul balls or anything. I I, I could be totally wrong. I'm not I, I'm not <laughs> pretending to be a cricket fan, but <laughs> what do crickets ever do to you? <laughs> Chirp. Fair enough. Yes, and trying to sleep. Exactly. We do live in South Louisiana, so when you're going, trying to go to bed and you're crickets. Oh my god! Jeez. Yes. But, not a fun experience. Yeah. So, uh, moving on though, um, there have apparently been discussions whether or not Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard, like who who's had the better career out of those two players? I think the, the answer here is pretty obvious. Hmm. What do you think so, the who, answer is? Well, what do you think the answer is? I think, I think there's two question. sides of the argument, which is why this is brought up. It's that Lillard has been much more consistent throughout his career. But overall, the better career is Russell Westbrook. Yes, I would answer agree. the question. But I do understand people's arguments that I mean, outside of OKC, Russell Westbrook. Well, I mean, what has there been to his career? No, not much. But you can't. I mean, it's like if uh, Damian Lillard does end up getting traded to the Heat this year. That's like saying, "Oh well, what did Damian Lillard do outside of Portland?" I mean, we don't know yet, though, because we no, haven't seen him outside of Portland. So, I mean, if he I keeps agree. lighting it up like he did in Portland. I also then... don't think it's fair to even say this, like, right now, because neither of their careers are over yet. Mm-mm. Oh, I mean, Westbrook. Over yet. <laughs> Westbrook's his own life support, but it's still technically not over. I couldn't even tell you what team he got. Clippers. He plays for the Clippers now, huh? Correct. Correct. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, I had to go through the roll decks, but then I remembered that picture of him like laying down Long on the court screaming. Long Tigers. <laughs> but yes, I remember that, Um, like a picture of him laying down on the court screaming, and I vaguely remember him. He had like a Clippers jersey on. It says like Westbrook's first 15-point game in six years or something like that. It's kind I'm of joking. <laughs> And it is sad how that dude's career has just been derailed. Westbrook it's finally shoots league. above thirty percent. A whole arena goes insane. <laughs> dude, he was on the Lakers. It was it was awful. Oh, dude, oh dude, man, he was on Shaqton like every other night, dude. Because he just see him pull up and it wouldn't even like hit the backboard. It hit like the side of the backboard. It, it seems like he was trying to force that 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 specific shot too. Like the the bank shot from I don't know man, he he's still trying to go with it, but it, it just it's very obvious that it ain't working. He needs to give it up. 
<laughs> Man, the picture of that dude with the Gucci backpack and it's hanging on by a string. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he just needs to get that shot up. Mm-hmm. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. Um, just speaking of basketball, actually, I did good on my hoop grids today for like the first time in forever. Oh, nice! I did, I did really good. I haven't even looked at. It. Is it the same for everybody? I don't know. Well, you know, I did the one that says today, but it's always the one for yesterday. Like when I click on the date, it always says like yesterday's date on it because I always do it in the morning, like around like eight. Ah. So it's never updated. So like I bet if I went to it now, it'd be something different. But yeah, probably so. I actually like for once, like legitimately on my own, filled out the entire grid. And I had like a mixture. Thankfully, I kind of got away with it because it was like a bunch of current players and then like two old heads. But. You know, I think I, yeah. I did good. I, I scored better than thirty percent of the grids. So it's a new high I score think, for me. Yeah, those grids will humble you as a sports fan. <laughs> yeah, it took a lot. Of thing. I, I mean, I, I spent about an hour coming up with answers. I was like, oh man, because I flew through like the first seven, and then I got to two. Yeah, I was like, like I oh man. Finish. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, I can't think of anyone. And then, and then it, it finally, it finally clicked. It finally, something finally clicked in my head. So just click. Something changed. <laughs> I wish the Garrett Temple made it onto my board. Oh man. But he was a rare answer. Yeah, he was gold, only two percent. I have a picture I have a picture of it because it's it was just so it was just so beautiful. I, mean, I had a bunch of I had a bunch of questionable people like Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, Garrett mm-hmm. Temple. Jay Crowder. Mm-hmm. Jay Crowder is my best answer. He was less than half a percent of the people chose him. Because everybody hates him. Guess so. Guess so. He's not even worth a good answer. Who does he play for? Or the Bucks? Oh God, I forgot about that. Well, do usually I struggle on hoop grids? Usually I struggle on hoop grids because it shows like a picture of a person. I'm like, oh, who is this person? But like the one I did today was extremely recognizable, and thankfully, thankfully he's been around the block, so. It was what? easy to like to uh, keep guessing players. Well, if you want to do it, I'll let you do it. I won't what say is it. it. Is it uh? Is it even still up, or is it like the the one for only? It may be the one for yesterday at this point. I really don't know. Like so every time I go in in the morning, it's always the one. Man, I'm having a for the day before. What is it? Like what is the uh? Hoop grids. Hoop Hoop grids, yes. Of, oh, I'm thinking of the immaculate grids. That's what. I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, that's like I think that was that was like the original conception of it, and then I think hoop grids for some reason blew up. Yeah. Probably probably because you get unlimited guesses. Immaculate grids, you only have like nine guesses or something like that. Yeah, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, grids today. Oh wait, wait oh nine. Oh, is that? Wait, that's a – oh, my gosh. Why am I having a brain fart? Uh, he's really good at dunking. Oh I'd say gosh. a lot of NBA Carter, players Vince are. Carter, Vince Carter. Yes, that's Vince Carter. Golly, man. I was just, oof, that was not my practice moment. Yeah, thankfully, you know, he's been around the block for all, for a lot of teams. So that row, was, a, that row was easy for me. I mean, he's also a legend mm-hmm. on Twitter. <laughs> I got one more in me. <laughs> but yeah, that row is easy for me. And then the uh the zero three point attempts, that one that one was pretty easy. The uh fifty five games one was pretty easy. I actually struggled with the 
but the Sacramento Kings column. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, column. Um, well, except for the Vince Carter teammate one. That one was pretty easy considering he's been on the Kings. So. But. For that. Yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, unless you want to fill out the grid right now, we can no, move, no, we can move on. Yeah, we'll move on. Yeah. Or, or we could test your basketball knowledge in front of the general public. Mm. You could do it right now. He's choking. Peyton, you scored lower than 0% of the grids. You somehow managed to pick the most popular answer for every square. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Anyways, what do you want to talk about next? Um, Uh, You want to get into the UFC fight night this weekend? Yeah, we we can. Uh, yeah, we can. Man, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't see this without. I don't know. It, it's kind of a suckish card. Hmm. Like I'm not. I'm not a big fan of this card. Why is that? I mean, not not to say Dos Anjos isn't a good fighter, but he's definitely aging. And he's mm-hmm. headlining the card. Mm-hmm. So. But. So when John Jones headlines a card, that's going to be an issue too? No, not at all. I think that's a completely different story though. Because John Jones is actually, uh, how do I say, good? You don't think RDA is good? He's not a championship type of fighter. Really? Not, not. I mean, not in really? today's, not, not in today's UFC. Obviously, he used to be, but. Hmm. Interesting. Well, okay. Well, I mean, we can know. <laughs> you give me a lot of food for thought. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I mean, I can, um. I can be the name caller and just go around yes, since you gave it yes, a shot yes, yes. last time. <laughs> Please. I'll give you some I'll give you the easy names. I see an easy name, I'll let you go for it. I've been trying out for the easy ones too. Uh let's see. And let's see, I do have also have their odds next to their name as of today around the afternoon time via DraftKings. I, I also but, have um, the odds. Let's see if like how close they are. So Let's go Blackshear. Oh no no no, not Blackshear. How how about how about I I call out the names like you said I could. No no, but like I just want to see if we have my turn. (laughs) I just want to see if we have the same odds. So Um, I could do Blackshear then. I got uh, go go Ruiz. Go Ruiz. Okay, uh, plus two hundred five, and then Amarim is minus two fifty. Yeah, we so we had the slightly different odds. Amarim's minus two thirty eight, and Ruiz is plus one ninety five for me. Hmm, your odds suck. Yeah, no. How's that make you feel? Not bad. I mean, I didn't create the odds, so <laughs> I'm just going to just whoa. You don't have to get so defensive, bro. Just, just let me call out oh, the yeah. names. Mm. Put down the nine. <laughs> whoa, 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 Jamal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so. Um. Yeah. I think. I mean. I think the card is okay. It's definitely 
definitely a step down from what we've been used to. I still think there's going to be some good fights, but this isn't have oh, yeah. this isn't like the past cards where every fight's going to be competitive. I think this card more for fights than let me say, let me rephrase that. More often than not, these fights have a heavy favorite, and yes. I think for good reason. And even some of the, some of these, the odds makers kind of screwed up when they first put the odds on, and then I, I don't know. There's a lot of fighters on here who I don't think are all that fighting against fighters who I do think are all that. Um, I think, yeah, there's no, there's not many very close fights, and the close fights that you know are close via the odds. I think they're close for good reason, and I think it's very hard to. You know, pick a winner in the fight, but you know, as always, I will anyways, because why not? So, let's get into this, shall we? I'm ready. All right, here we go. I got Juliana Miller, uh, plus one twenty four dog versus Luana Santos, minus one forty eight favorite. Um, you know, <sighs> start off the card. <laughs> Sorry, <clears throat> women's MMA is just. Not my favorite, and I hate to have even to have to even pick anyone. But you know, even if you go on Topology's web uh, website right now, the picture of Luana Santos is like her a selfie that she took and posted on the site herself. Um, so she's going to be coming into the UFC first time. It's going to be her debut. She's not exactly. She's not exactly bad, but at the end of the day, I don't think she's going to be. Juliana Miller. Uh, I think Miller is going to get it done via decision. I think Miller sucks. Uh, she definitely doesn't live up to her nickname. Uh, I mean, she can't defend a strike to save her life. But her only bright, bright spot is grappling, and Santos is going to look to grapple. And you, from what I've seen in the past, when she does, she gets herself in trouble. Um, so, I mean, I really don't know. Uh, if Santos is smart, she keeps it on her feet and boxes or kickboxes. But like I said, she's going to go for throws. So she does this weird like head and arm throw. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, it always gets into trouble because like she can't like quite like finish it. She gets like 80% of the weight that way there and then can't finish it. And then half the time the fire ends up on top of her. If that's still going to be the case, then then Juliana Miller's got it by decision. Yeah. Um, well, so Juliana Miller, three and two overall and one in the UFC. She's obviously the winner of the ultimate fighter 30. Um, but her UFC debut was, uh, how do I say, uh, just awful. Um, I mean, she's she came in as a well like her her grappling was her strong suit, but I mean her wrestling looked horrible in that fight. She looked overmatched. So I do have Santos by I say ground and pound in round two or three, but probably more a submission type of ending finish to the fight. I think she's a better all Santos is a better all around fighter. Um she has to but I, I do think she absolutely has to uh get the fight finish the fight because she does not have the cardio to finish the fight. But with that being said, she does have the takedown ability to take down Miller and save her conditioning if she needs to. Yep, good assessment. We can move on to the next fight where um this is this is kind of one of the shorter notice fights. I say shorter notice, but compared to the rest of them that have been on the card for a while. We have Damon Blackshear versus Jose Johnson. Um this is gonna be a fight in the Bantamweight division as one thirty five pounds, I'm more or less saying this stuff out loud so that way I can finally maybe one day remember. 
Um, <laughs> so, once again, we have another guy who's new to the UFC. Well, not really. He fought in the Contender Series and won. All via decision, got his contract signed. Uh, that was about a year ago at this point. And Jose Johnson. And Damone Blackshear, who has been fighting in the UFC for uh, a little while now, for about a year, actually. Um, he has three fights under his belt in the UFC. Uh, been all around the world with a win, loss, and draw in that order from most recent to not most recent. Um, like I said, it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be that close of a fight. Um, I got Blackshear via decision, but I could see him getting, you know, like an early third round KO or submission, really. I could see him getting either one. I lean submission slightly. Yep. But – um. My official prediction is going to be Blackshear via decision, mainly because I like Blackshear. He's been a little bit more active than Johnson. Um, Johnson's competition is going to be seeing a significant step up in Blackshear. And Johnson's you know, calling card is that he can finish people. Um, unfortunately for him, Blackshear's never been finished. And you know, we see Johnson get all these, these submissions and knockouts. But you know, once again, Blackshear has never been submitted or knocked out. Um, Blackshear's got great grappling defense, but in the same sense, he also hasn't really fought powerful people like Johnson. I'm not saying Johnson's super powerful, but he'll probably be the most powerful guy he's fought. But yeah, um, sure. after watching Blackshear's tape, I kind of lean Blackshear a lot more than Johnson. So I got Blackshear via decision. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think Blackshear gets it done uh, by submission in the second round, probably. Obviously, he's 13-5-1 and one overall. Like you mentioned, 1-1-1 one, one, and one in the UFC. Um, he did have a pretty impressive performance in June, though. I think he looks he's going to look to comp- continue to build some momentum from that. Um, he's a little bit wrestling heavy, and uh, he's good at it, but sometimes he gets a little – too aggressive and he leaves himself open for counters or reversals so i think this this fight it for as long as it it goes i think it's going to be kind of back and forth um johnson like you said he likes to finish people loves chaos i kind of think of him almost like a justin gaishi in the sense that he loves chaos um and he is viable off of his back but i I don't think he get i don't think he's going to be able to submit uh black cheer i do look for black cheer to finish the fight like I said. All right. Well, then moving on to the next fight, we have another women's MMA bout in the strawweight division between Monsterat Ruiz and Jacqueline Amarim. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, Aline Amarim via submission in the first round here. Um, I was. Everything good? Yep. Mosquito guy. <laughs> okay. Unbelievable, man. <laughs> I was wondering. I was wondering what that was. I was like, "Dude, someone just like walked in your house with like a freaking weed whacker or something." I was like, <laughs> "Nope, just the just the mosquito guy." <laughs> Dang, you doing donuts in your driveway or something? Yeah, I guess so, man. <laughs> he said, "Go." Really <laughs> we do live right by the woods, so yeah. I mean, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, that's that's fair. Y- y'all can definitely use it. But um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I got a lean on Marine. Uh, <laughs> Be a first round submission, and if she doesn't get it done in the first round, then I think she's toast. Uh, she has god awful. She has god awful cardio. Hold on, I'm sorry. Do you hear that? 
No. Okay. Anyways, I'll continue. Just give me like five seconds. Two thirty. Yeah, so Amarim, um, I, I look for her to get it done in the first round via submission. And if she doesn't really get it done in the first round, I think she's going to be toast. Um, not to say Ruiz is like a powerhouse or anything. I think more or less just Amarim doesn't have the greatest cardio. And in my in my opinion, I think Amarim should probably be undefeated in the UFC. Um, unfortunately, her last opponent, uh, she had a pretty decent submission. And I think she was grabbing her. I don't, know, I don't think because she definitely was grabbing her gloves. It was like trying to tell the ref. The ref was like, nah. And it was like, okay. And then she ended up losing because of that. I said, man, that was her thing. only fight in the UFC, correct? Um, was it? Yes, it was. And then against Hughes or, hey, I don't know. I can't remember. Um, But, yeah, so, like I said, she should be 7-0. She's not. It is what it is. I think going up against Ruiz, though, I think this is a very good matchup for um, Ruiz isn't exactly the best at defending takedowns. So, like I said, I think Amarim is going to go out, show what she should have done in her first UFC fight, get a submission, going to get the uh, fight down to the mat pretty quickly. Uh, you know, because her striking really isn't up to par. So it's in her best interest to get this fight down to the mat, which I think she will. And I don't think she's going to struggle with it much. Because like I said, I mean, she uses three rounds worth of energy in the first round. So I got Amarim first for via first round submission. Yep, and I'll echo that. I have Amarim versus via first round submission as well. Um, like you said, her gas tank is horrible. She gassed out super quick in her UFC debut. That was back in April, so it's not like she has she's had a lot of time to work on cardio either. Um, she was absolutely dominant in that first round, but um, quickly got beaten by decision after gassing out mm-hmm. and uh but yeah she's gonna get the fight down to the mat pretty quickly and finish ruiz by submission now if the fight goes to the third round i think ruiz gets it done yeah and that's what i said i mean that's kind of how i start off this before we started doing anything it's just um i said these, these fights are gonna be i mean i think the favorites are heavy favorites for a reason but then at the same time, it's just like, man, most of these fighters are like a one-trick pony. Not one-trick pony, but I really there's, I see either you know one path to victory for this fighter, and I heavily lean it. But if that doesn't happen, then I mean, you know, yeah. doors busted open for anything at that point. So, yeah, like obviously Amarim, if she doesn't get that quick submission, it's pretty much over for. Her. She's not gonna be able to do anything because she's gonna be so too exhausted to even mm-hmm. move hardly. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, moving on to the next fight, we have Josh Parisian versus Martin Boudi. Um, yeah, uh, for a heavyweight fight, this fight's going to suck. Um, unfortunately, I have Boudi versus, uh, via decision. Uh, I think he's got the superior stamina. I think, you know, I think he's going to play this smart. He's probably going to get takedowns. He's probably going to get his opponent up against the cage. Uh, he's just going to win the minutes. He's just going to do his thing, um, you know, which is highly unfortunate for a heavyweight fight. Um, like I said, he's just shown in the past. He just he just loves to get his opponent up against the cage and just, I guess, you know, in his eyes, dominate there. I hate to say a fighter's dominating when they do, where they're doing that. I mean, they kind of are, as long as their opponent isn't doing anything. Um, 
and also unfortunately for Budi, he just has very low level wins. Uh, I mean, what his signature wins against Jake Collier, who is just Booty. Um, unintended. Yes, but um, I, and I will I will give this to him. Um, but he's on top. I mean, he's pretty dangerous. Uh, I think he's got great ground and pound. Uh, and he he's shown that he can submit people. Um, I'm not saying I don't think he's going to get a submission here though. I said for um, for him he knows that he because he's a Parisian. If this fight stays on the feet and Booty doesn't do anything about it, uh, Parisian's going to outstrike him and win points that way. But I just don't see that happening. I got Booty for, via decision. Yeah. Um, it's gonna. I feel like it's going to be kind of like a Kamaru Usman, Jorge Masvidal one type of fight where just going to get somebody in the clinch up against the, the cage, hold him there. Get him right back there the next round. Hold him there, just like you said. Like, just point him to death. Um, it's a really ugly style, but it's effective for him. Um, he does pressure opponents a lot, but it's not in the exciting way like you would want a heavyweight. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I think uh, Parisian's a little, a little unorthodox. So he, he could finish the fight, but since he's he's kind of. Once you got to the UFC, that unorthodox style really fell off for him. So I don't look for him to win this fight. Now, if he pushes the pace and he's the aggressor in the fight, I think he could, he will win. But I have Boudet, Booty and uh, by decision. All right. And then moving on to the next fight, we have Francis Marshall. Yeah, minus 166 favorite. So I realized I wasn't saying the odds. Not that it really matters. Uh, but he's going to be against Isaac Dolgarian, a plus 140 underdog. Um, my prediction Maybe here. The same odds. Yeah, finally, uh, my prediction is uh, Francis via third round knockout. Um, so my thought process behind this is that, uh, look, Dolgarian, he, he's good in his own right. Don't get me wrong. And um, you know, I'll say he's he, he. I mean, he's great in his own right. Um, but the thing the thing about his fights is that he he's never seen the second, third, or a decision. Um. All his fights end in the first round. He, Within three minutes. He, he shoots for takedowns like a madman. Um, and, you know, once he takes his opponent down, he just mounts up and just, you know, the ground and pound is vicious from him. Do I think he can take down Marshall? Uh, sure. But Marshall is just a huge, huge step up in competition. I might even say Marshall's like the best, you know, best guy in the featherweight division by any means. I'm just saying that the level of competition that Dolgarian is jumping up to is very significant, significant enough to where I don't think that he's going to easily get a takedown and easily do his ground and pound like he usually does. Now, on the flip side, Marshall watched his last fight, and boy, he he didn't do jack he uh, until the last two minutes. And it, it was amazing because I mean, he almost won in the last two minutes. But for 13 minutes – or, you know, really in 15 minutes, he threw a total of 15 strikes or landed, I should say. He landed 15 strikes. Now, if he fights the whole fight like he did the last two minutes of the last fight, he's definitely going to win. Um, and I don't think it's even going to be close. So my, my my main point being, Dolgarian hasn't fought the uh, competition level of Marshall. Um, Marshall's just got much, much more durability. Than uh, anyone Dolgarian's fought. I think Marshall's going to weather the storm, and I think Dolgarian's going to gas out after the first round. 
and Marshall's going to be able to get it done in the third round. Whenever Dolgarian's just, you know, begging for his life to get out of there, you know, Jan Blachowicz style. Yep, I, uh, I I agree with you there. However, I do think Dolgarian gets it done in the first round. Um, I mean, he's ended all of his fights within three minutes. Um, but if he gets out of the first round, if Marshall gets out of the first round, the fight's over, I think. Uh uh, that's kind of a guess on our part because we haven't seen him get to the second round, but most of the time when somebody fights like that, they gas out pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. um, one thing that helps Marshall is he is pretty pretty heavy with the pressure, but he lacks significantly on defense. So it's kind of a glass cannon. Um, I look for... Excuse me. I look for Delgarian to get the get the takedown in the, early in the first round when Marshall is trying to throw some a lot of pressure at him and just finish the fight from there. Now I will say Marshall is a solid wrestler, but I would not count on him trying to bring this fight to the ground. Yeah, like I said, if anyone's going to be bringing the fight down to the ground, it's going to be Delgarian, and like I said, it's going to be up to Marshall to survive at that point. And exactly. um, if he's able to survive, like I think, good things for him. But if he's not going to be able to survive, like the Dolgarian does, well, he's done his past five fights and gets in and out of there in five minutes. So, yeah, um, so. should be should be an interesting fight to watch. Like I, said, I can see it going either way. And um, listen, unfortunately, not a lot of tape on Dolgarian. So, and uh, which is good for him, really. He that's been all him. So, listen, should be an interesting fight to watch, and we'll see. We'll see if uh, Dolgarian's going to keep doing his thing in the UFC. Yep. Uh, moving on to our next fight, we have what should be another um, fast-paced matchup. And uh, Terrence McKinney, a minus 278 favorite. Um, not mm. the biggest favorite on the card, but pretty big. And against Mike Breeden, a uh, plus 225 dog. Now, um, yeah, I have McKinney via knockout in the first round. And um, <laughs> once again, it's another one of those fights where if that doesn't happen – then uh, Breeden's live for, you know, his own knockout. And I believe we've seen that in McKinney lately. He just, um, you know, if he doesn't do it in the first round, doesn't get down in the first round, then it's game over for him. Uh, they both have UFC experience. Uh, obviously, McKinney much more than Breeden. Uh, McKinney, very, very dangerous on the feet. Uh, his wrestling and grappling is just incredible. But, you know, once again, the main, you know, shortcoming of him is, uh, you know, he only lasts about five minutes. Uh, if he doesn't get it done in the first round, then I have very, very little confidence he's going to get it done. Um, he'll lose round two and three probably if he doesn't get it finished in round two or three. So uh, I think it's a first round or bust for McKinney. And I think he'll be able to get it done mainly because Breeden uh, can't defend takedowns. Um, I'm not saying Breeden has a glass chin. But I think the McKinney pressure is going to be too much for him. Um, but, you know, once again, if uh, <laughs> if McKinney can't get this done in the first round, he's, like I said, he's probably getting finished. Um, like I said, uh, McKinney's very exciting to watch. But, you know, he's only exciting to watch for the first five minutes. And, uh, oh, on top of that, I believe McKinney's coming in on short notice. So yeah, it should four be weeks since his last fight. It should be interesting to see if um, – if he can even last five minutes. So we'll see. Yeah. So uh, originally I did have McKinney via submission in the first round, but after reading that he took the fight on short notice, I 
quickly change that to knockout in the first round. Um, it feels like Breeden's kind of a man. How do I say this? Almost like a sacrificial lamb to McKinney, try to get him back on on track. Um, he's he's McKinney's really entertaining, and so I guess the uh, the UFC kind of looks at him as a selling point if he can if he can string some wins to a few wins in a row together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said, he, he gasses out really quick. So he now I will say lately he changed his approach to a more patient one, and it uh yeah he hadn't looked good with it. So he's got it. I think he's got to get back to just starting fast and trying to stay fast. But I mean, hey, what do I know? Right. Yeah. And like I said, I think of McKinney's, um, it's in McKinney's best interest to do what he usually does and just kind of go out guns a blazing. Cause like I said, I mean, even if he, even if he's patient with it, he's not going to last more than uh, a minute or two into the second round, which I mean, it's going to mean nothing against Breeden, who's no slouch. So, yep. Um, that'll be another fight to look out for that I think will be fast paced and, uh, probably doesn't make it the distance regardless. But moving on to the bantamweight division, um, you said sacrificial lamb. I think this is probably the most sacrificial lamb there is on this whole card um i mean this is to me this is almost this isn't quite tony ferguson's sacrificial level but i mean this is close to it it's uh marcus mcgee a minus 360 favorite versus jp bays uh plus 285 dog uh yeah like i said probably the biggest mismatch on this whole card uh bays is getting knocked down uh for a ridiculous rate in the flyweight division Yes, flyweight division. He's moving up to the bantamweight division against probably the most powerful bantamweight. Um, so like you're getting knocked down by guys and feather. I'm sorry, in flyweight, not a good look. Now you're moving up to bantamweight and taking on probably the guy with the most powerful strikes in that division. So why you would agree to that fight, I don't know. Uh, you fold under pressure. Pressure. I'm sorry. Very often. You can't really wrestle, and uh, I know I'm sorry. You can wrestle, but I don't think you're going to do that against a much bigger guy in McGee than what you're used to. Um, you know, and McGee doesn't really have the greatest takedown defense, but I do think he's been improving lately. And uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think this is going to be good for JP. Uh, he's on a three fight skid. I think that improves. Or I'm sorry. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the opposite of improve? Um. Worsen, <laughs> yeah, his record worsens to four losses in a row. McGee gets his fourth win in a row. I got McGee winning in the first or second round via knockout, and uh, <laughs> it's um, I, f- I feel bad for JP man because like I want to like him, but it's it, like I said, it's I don't know. Yeah, I man, he, I mean he's zero three in the UFC. He'll be zero four after Saturday. Uh, barring some miracle by God to give him the ability to win. Uh, he's a huge underdog for a reason. He's had some flashes of, of greatness in his UFC career, but he hadn't sustained it at all. Um, he was, He's a good grappler and wrestler, I guess, but he ain't going to do nothing against McGee. And like you said, going from – his way to the bantamweight division. You're going up a weight class when you get knocked down like he does. It's not a good recipe for success. So McGee gets it done by first round TKO. 
Um, I will say this about McGee. He is dangerous because and you know this because he looked great in his UFC debut and he, he took that fight on just three days notice. So he's a guy that he's ready to get in there and just bash people up. Mm-hmm. Um, my, another thing about McGee though, he, he's got to go and run soon. He is 33 years old. So he, he needs to go into a, a run if he wants to win that gold. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think the uh, competition, the bantamweight division for him, uh, I mean, it'd be tough, but I think, like I so said, the power is definitely a selling point for him. And I think, like I said, he could go on a run, I mean, especially if UFC decides to keep signing, uh, you know, sacrificial lambs for him. Uh, good for him. Good for them, I should say. But um, moving on to the next fight, we have yet another sacrificial lamb, I think, and, um, and Jamie Pickett going up. Uh, Jamie Pickett, a plus two eighty underdog, um, again going up against Josh Frem, a minus three fifty five favorite. Um, yeah, uh, Jamie Pickett, another guy I really want to like, but boy, this is this is just this is just going to be a terrible matchup for him, no matter how you look at it. I tried. You know, after watching film and after looking at their stats, I tried twisting it one way or the other. Like, okay, if Jamie can do this, he can win. But no, Jamie cannot do anything. Um, I think Frim probably has, you know, if you like put their ratings side by side in like a video game, Frim probably in every category is like, you know, a solid like 10 points above Pickett. Um, so, I mean, really this, this fight is – you know, pick your poison with Frim, how you want him to win. And I got him winning via submission. I think Frim's going to be a higher volume striker. I think he's going to have more power. Um, you know, Jamie Pickett, he's well-rounded, but he's, he struggled to put it together in his fights, especially his past three fights. Um, and like I said, his, his past three fights have been, I mean, nothing short of disastrous. And uh, I mean, Frim himself isn't exactly like on a huge winning streak or anything, but... I don't know. I think I think just this there's 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 levels to this game, and I think Frim is just on a higher level in every category compared to Jamie Pickett. So yeah, give me Frim via submission, um, or really whatever he wants. Yeah, I have Pickett by TKO in the first. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Frim by decision. It's going to be unanimous. It's probably not even going. It's probably going to be thirty twenty six. I, I think at the best. Um, like you said, he's just going to walk all over him. He's super big for the middleweight division, by the way, and he's very aggressive, whereas Pickett is not aggressive at all. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if Pickett does want a chance to win this fight, he's going to fight have to fight like below Muhammad, just be super boring. <laughs> I think that's really the end. That's, yeah, he has no chance. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think so either. But uh, So with that being said, we can move on to what should be a little bit of a closer fight. Or I'm going to actually say it will be a much closer fight, a much more interesting fight probably. Um, and that's in the middleweight division. That's uh, Tafan Chekwi versus AJ Dobson. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Tafan is a minus 142 favorite. Dobson's a plus 120 underdog. And I think the odds are close for a good reason. Uh I will say I lean to Fawn via decision. I hate to I hate to make a choice in this fight, but um, yeah, I'm going to lead to Fawn. But uh, 
Um, I'm, 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 I'm about to change my decision right here. I'm, I'm just going to stick with it. Um, I think Tafan's going probably going to win. Like I said, via decision mainly because of his volume. I don't think he has more power than Dobson, uh, but I think landing more should help him. Uh, not only that, I think he can wrestle. Uh, I think he's, he should be able to take Dobson down if he wanted to. I'm not saying he will, but I think he can. But, you know, like I said, on the flip side, uh, I was saying Dobson has more power. And to his advantage, um, I'm starting to question Tafan's durability. Uh, like I, said, I mean, he's young, but just the way he's been knocked out his past two fights, it, it's very concerning. Um you know, it, it absolutely has to raise questions about his durability, seeing how he's been knocked out. And I said, going up against a guy like Dobson, uh, it's very, 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 very live for a knockout. And um, and really, I could see either of these guys getting knocked out. But if you if you want this fight to end, you know, uh, if you want this fight to not go the distance, you would have to lean Dobson. But if this fight does go the distance, you have to leave, lean to Fawn and – I'm going to go with the distance side here. And like I said, I got Tafan winning via decision. Yeah, I have Dobson via decision. I think, like you said, it's a, it's going to be a super close fight. Um, Dobson's – he's kind of weird. Like he, he is still trying to figure out his true nature of like his fighting style. We'll see, we'll see where that goes. But I think he has a clear speed advantage in the fight. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's coming up. From uh, welterweight to middleweight is that is that correct? Mm, possibly, I actually don't know. I didn't um didn't check that out. I think he's coming up to middleweight from welterweight. I think Chukwe is coming down from light heavyweight. Actually, I know he's coming down. Yeah, that's, yeah I, know, I know that sounds right. Yeah, I want to say uh, I could be wrong there, but I think he's coming up from from welterweight. I think he has a clear speed advantage in the fight, whereas. And Chukwe is going to have a lack of speed, especially when he's coming down from light heavyweight. He was fast mm-hmm. as a light heavyweight, but I think in a, in a smaller weight class, he's going to be slow. Um, he's a physical freak, and Chukwe is, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think Dobson's going to try to take him down a little bit, tire him out, and then just kind of point him to death on the feet. Uh, up. So I think, I think he's going to win by decision, Dobson. But gotcha. I do think it's going to be a great fight. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Dobson's been fighting at 185 for a little bit now, by the way. Okay, okay. All right. Um, but yeah, so we'll move on to the next fight. Yeah, Alex, I think that fight should be a very good fight because, like I said, that's definitely one of the fights that could really go either way. And, like I said, I hate, hate to have to choose one way or the other there, but I will. And, um, like I said, I'm not even really <laughs> confident in my decision just because, yeah, like I said, I mean, I think, I think either. Either side of the coin is very vi- a vi- very viable option, but uh, anyways, we move on to some more women's MMA. So we got uh, Pollyanna Viano, a plus one sixty underdog, going versus Yasmin Lucindo, minus one ninety two favorite. Uh <laughs> women's MMA man, I'll say it every time. There's a women's MMA fight. I got Lucindo by decision, uh, unfortunately. Uh Man, like I said, women's MMA, man. Uh, either way, this fight's probably going to go to the mat. Uh, I don't see Viana submitting Lucindo. I think it could happen. Um, I don't think it will, though. Like I said, Lucindo hasn't lost by submission 
in a uh, in a little while. I think Lucindo. She's going to try to keep this on the feet, and if she does, she's going to have. Or let me rephrase that. I think if Lucinda was smart, she'd keep this on the feet. I think all around, she's a better kickboxer. Oh, uh, she can deal more damage to Viana than Viana can deal more damage to her. Um, and the thing is, is Viana, she's going to, she's going to be very accepting of positions on the ground and in grappling. Uh, she's not by any means a minutes winner. And like I said, um, I kind of lean this fight going the distance or, you know, at least going over two and a half rounds. And so, like I said, if that happens, I got Lucinda winning by decision. Um, but if Rihanna is going to win, uh, I think it's probably going to be by armbar, uh, her signature armbar from guard. So, uh, like I said, you know, I, I know I sound pretty confident in Lucinda, or maybe I don't sound confident, and it's because I'm really not. But like I said, I mean, I think I lean that way a lot. I just, I just hate to. It's women's MMA, man. I just hate to make a decision. Yeah. So uh, Lucinda is obviously super young. She's only twenty-one years old. I think she got signed to the UFC as the youngest fighter on the roster last year. That can't be right because uh, Rojas is younger, huh? Mm-hmm. Or maybe. Maybe she got signed early 2022 and he got signed a little bit later. I don't know, but I, I read somewhere that she was the youngest fighter on the roster when she signed. Maybe the women's fighter. Yeah, maybe a women's fighter. Um, I think she'll be able to hold her own on the feet. She's pretty well-rounded. She'll definitely look for a takedown at some point in the fight. So she just got to be careful not to get submitted. However, I do have Viana via first-round submission. She's going to hunt for a quick finish. She's absolutely potent on the mat and uh she has some pretty decent power so i do look for her to finish it off and it took me a while to make that decision in that fight mm-hmm. yeah like i said i mean um we don't have to talk about that fight anymore if you don't want to nope i think we move very good we move on to some light heavyweights which should be some solid action either way that's uh khalil roundtree and chris Dawkins. uh roundtree is a minus 180 favorite Dawkins a plus 150 dog um so yeah uh Dawkins is finally moving down to light heavyweight after losing three in a row which i find interesting because you know Dawkins's whole thing for me in the heavyweight decision uh division was that he has he had very good speed i mean he had speed that you know, we're not used to seeing in the heavyweight division. But now you're moving down to light heavyweight. So your speed's going to be kind of negated in a sense. Uh, people are going to be moving just as fast as you. And you'll be getting starched. But, I mean, obviously, you know, by heavyweights. But, you know, so, um, you know, obviously no shame in losing to Derek Lewis. Um, kind of shame in losing to Curtis Blades uh, and Rosa mm. Strike. Um, I mean, Curtis Blades isn't the best striker. I mean, I know he's got some good knockouts and some flashy knockouts, but I mean, I, you know, you know, Blades isn't a striker at heart. So I mean, I know he lost to both, but I'd, I'd rather lose to Blades than Rosen Strike. Yeah, I, I mean, think, I'd rather, I think yeah, Blades yeah. is a little bit more well-rounded. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, but I, I, don't, I don't know. Like I said, you're on a three-fight skid from the heavyweight division, so you're moving down to the light heavyweight division. Which is probably you know your true division, but uh, and you're fighting a heavyweight because you're just trying to use your, you know, use your speed. So, and look, unfortunately, just kind of like a fight earlier, I was saying, unfortunately, you're moving down a division to get away from the power 
but now you're having to fight probably one of the most powerful light heavyweights in the division, uh, and Khalil Roundtree. And, um, man, this dude, uh, I think it was the Carl Roberson fight, maybe, or maybe it was the, uh, Boskis fight. I may have said that dude's name wrong. I can't really remember, but I don't know. There was one fight where he was super locked in, right? And like, you know, the camera zooms in on him and the dude's like, he's just locked in as could be. And I mean, he just, he pieced, I think it was Roberson. I think he, and he just pieced Roberson up. And um, the announcers even said it like, <laughs> it looked like Roberson owned, uh, owed Roundtree money. Um, <laughs> it wasn't pretty. So look, if Roundtree hmm. comes, comes out with that same mindset and, you know, does his Roundtree thing, that does the good Roundtree thing, and I'll cover that in a second. Um, I think I think Roundtree wins probably by first or second round knockout, only because Dawkins has been taking some serious damage in the heavyweight division, and now you're moving to someone who is just as powerful as some of the heavyweights you fought. And so, but on the flip side, you know, Dawkins, like I said, you still got good speed for a light heavyweight. You got some good power. Um, and like I said, you could rely on the other side of Roundtree, which is the round tree that just refuses to show up for fights. Um, you know, the same guy who lost to Ian, uh, Ian Kotulaba. Um, if that round tree shows up, Dawkins is going to have a field day. So, I mean, like I said, if round tree takes this serious you know, and doesn't look at this three fight skid by Dawkins, you know, in a, in a light sense, then I think round tree easily gets this done. And I think most people would probably agree that that's almost, you know, it's not a for sure thing. But um, let's say if there's going to be a finish, it's most likely going to be from the round tree side. So yeah, I got round tree by first or second round knockout. Regardless, this will be a fun fight to watch. This will be one worth staying up for. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, I would. I agree with pretty much everything you said. I think round tree does win by KO in the first round. Uh, even though he hadn't really lived up to his hype in the UFC. So far, I think I don't know if he'll ever really look to the hype, but um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the Carl Roberson fight. fight. That yeah. Carl Roberson fight was was brutal, but yeah. um, but this guy is he's a terror on the offensive side, but man, he forces some really dumb mistakes sometimes, and I, it's easy for his opponents to take him out of fights at times, so. If he can cut down on the dumb mistakes, I think he'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he shored up a lot of his weaknesses too. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think I think he wins. Dawkins just he, he was fast at heavyweight, but uh, just moving down from light heavyweight. He's moving down from light heavyweight too, right? I mean, no, from no, heavyweight yeah. Dawkins. Yeah, I mean, he's the yeah. only one moving down from. Oh yeah, and Roundtree's moving up, correct? Mm. Uh, I think this is the one where one was moving up, one was moving down. I, I want to say Roundtree's. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he's been a light heavyweight his whole career, but I want to say he's fought other light heavyweights. Let's see. Um, let me see. Khalil Roundtree. Yeah, I think he last, has last weigh in. He fought Justin Jacoby last. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm goofing on that one, but 
Um, Dawkins did have a concern of durability in the heavyweight division once he fought the more elite guys. But like you said, there's no shame in like getting knocked out by Derek Lewis. So uh, shaves years off your life. Sorry for Dawkins. Twice gonna have to take care of him in a few years. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that continues. I think he loses again. Yep, I agree. And uh, we'll move on to the co-main of um, what's probably going to be a swan song for one of these fighters, and that's uh, Cub Swanson. Yeah, swan um, for Swanson. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that. Good catch. Um, he's going up against uh, Hakeem Duodu. Um Yeah, uh, man, I love Cub Swanson. Man, I love him. Um, he's not winning, though. Uh, I got Duodu, uh via knockout. I think Cub Swanson, like I said, he's just he's just really getting up there in age, and um, I can check. He, yeah, he's forty years old. No, not quite. He's almost forty years old. Um, man, if he doesn't retire after this fight, then I don't I don't know what he's thinking. He obviously he's isn't thinking. Yes, um, man, uh, his durability has just been going off the wayside lately. Uh, you know, Hakeem. Is young in comparison, he's gonna have better striking all around, and um, he sure he likes to mix it up, you know, to Cub Swanson's disadvantage. Uh, I mean, I think Cub Swanson, I mean, is probably gonna take a beating all over his body in what should be his last fight, and um, you know, Hakeem, I believe, doesn't have like that many finishes, you know, if any, but man, watching him, it's 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 confusing because. It feels like his shots should be ending up in finishes, but they're not. He has some serious power behind his shots, but man, he just for some reason he can't put anyone away. And I don't know if it's just because of the people he's fighting. I don't I don't think that's it. But I mean, I just it's like for some reason it's like you can just see he. I mean, he's like swinging with ill intent, but he just can't put anyone out. And I think this is probably going to be. I, th- I think he should be able to put Swanson out. I think Cubs probably his durability issues are going to catch up to him. I think in the later rounds, and. Yeah, I mean, I think Hakeem's gonna, Hakeem's probably gonna put him away. Yep, I, uh, I will agree. I, man, Swanson, he, what a career he's had. I mean, he's fought what is it, forty-one times, which is incredible. He's fought twenty-two times in the UFC. I mean, man, what a career for him. I think it's gonna be it for him. His last two losses, not his last two fights, but his last two losses have both ended up in knockouts. That's the first time he's been knocked out in over a decade. So his his durability is going away, like you said. I think his offense looks pretty sharp, though, for being four years old. So maybe there's an avenue to victory here, but it's just unlikely. Um so, yeah, I mean, DeWoto is going to put him out. Yeah, I do think so. And, I mean, like you said, there's definitely an avenue for him. It's, it's just, uh, I mean, it's probably – he's only got like a 50% chance of it happening. He's got to hope that he can either catch Hakeem on a bad night or, you know, or just, you know, like say catch him slip and maybe be able to sneak something in either way. But uh, that's about all he's got going for him. And probably what, regardless, win or loss, uh, should probably be his last fight um, if he knows what's good for him. So, yeah. But we'll move on to the main event and what should be should be a good fight, should be interesting because um, I can see this fight going to either fighter in a variety of ways. Uh, 
It's uh, Vincent Luque versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Uh, Luque is a minus one hundred five. It's it's a pick basically. It's uh, he's minus one hundred five and uh, RDA is minus one fifteen. Um, I believe RDA opened up as a bigger favorite, but now money started pouring in on Vince, and um, it's uh, a little bit even now. And I just say it, I kind of agree with the public here. I'm uh, going to go with the Vince Luque side. I got him winning by knockout. Um, not extremely confident in it. I think he can get it done. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Uh, look, I mean, ever since RDA has moved up to the higher weight class, it's um he hasn't been performing as well as he was. Um, now at this point, age is starting to become a concern for him. I mean, you're five eight fighting a welterweight, which you know isn't the biggest problem, but it does pose some concerns. Um, but you got some serious power. You know, to your credit, and you got really good submission game. To your credit, now on the other side, Vincent Luque, uh, look, it, it it was crazy. I mean, about a year ago, he got knocked out, and that's I mean, that was that was just that was just crazy. I, I can't, I still can't believe it. I mean, that's just like you know, Max Holloway being knocked out, or um, man, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just or like Nate Diaz being knocked out. It's just it was crazy. So you start to question is. Uh, Luque's durability um, catching up to him because, I mean, sure enough, uh, he got knocked out so bad, he had a, a hemorrhage that he had to uh, recover from, which, you know, I mean, scary word, but, I mean, it's not the, like, worst thing to recover from, but, uh, a brain hemorrhage. But, look, I mean, Luque's been in absolute bangers and roars, um, and his body has just taken some beatings. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have good striking defense, he can be taken down, but I don't. I don't see RDA taking down Luke. Uh, you know, I mean, Bilal Muhammad did it, but you know, your RDA at five seven, five eight. I'm sorry, uh, with a seventy inch reach. Uh, I think Luke is probably gonna be able to stuff most of the takedowns if it does get down to the mat. Like I said, I don't see this being you know a decision win for you. Um, even though, you know, if you are going to win, it's probably most likely going to be a decision if you're on the RDA side. But, um, yeah, to wrap it up, I'm not too confident in it. I think this fight's a pick him for a good reason. I got Luke Cave a knockout just because I lean, I lean that he's going to be able to withstand the RDA swarms. I think, you know, RDA is going to look for takedowns, which he's really good at. Don't get me wrong. And I don't think Luke is the best takedown, you know, defense master out there. I think he should be able to hold his own against RDA. So, yeah, give me Luke by knockout. Not too excited with my decision, but I'm going to sound confident anyways. Yep. So, I think we've decided, we've uh, agreed on a lot of them, but I think this is one of the ones that we're going to disagree on. I do have Dos Anjos by, division, by decision. Um, Luke, kind of a glass cannon type of fighter. I think he's going to get roughed up, and I think he's going to slow down mm. after he gets roughed up a little bit hurt. And um Les Cannon is crazy. I mean, he did have a brain hemorrhage like you, you mentioned. Takes a lot of damage. Yeah, we, I mean, would you call Max Holloway? I mean, obviously you wouldn't call Max Holloway a cannon, but I mean would you consider Max Holloway to be glass or like Nate Diaz to well, be glass? Okay, I guess I shouldn't say glass cannon. I just but I mean, no, low, I mean, defense, I, 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 low defensive type of fighter. No, but I mean, in the same sense, I, I kind of agree with you. Like I so said, I'm just trying to um, provoke discussion here because, uh, like I said, Luke, I mean, I mean like, he, he got knocked out fighter. for the first time. He got knocked out for the first time 
against Jeff. Yeah, I don't want to say which man, is yeah, which was just crazy. Wasn't. Yeah, glass cam wasn't the right phrasing. Because, like you said, I mean, his durability is there. Uh, maybe, maybe we don't know what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, after. I mean, it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see. That, that's yeah, and that's gonna... like if his if he didn't get knocked out last fight, even if he went to decision, he lost. I'd be taking Luke all day. But now, you know, I mean, he had a brain hemorrhage. He got knocked out, and I mean, it's just mm, that's the only reason I question this. So, you know, if this, yeah, I think that that, that not, obviously, like I said, glass cannon was the wrong phrase to use, but he. He tends to kind of try to just – what's the word I'm looking for? Just win a battle of attrition, basically. Like, say, I'm going to beat you up more than you're going to beat me up. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he's going to take some damage. So I think that that that, that knockout last fight is going to really come back to bite him. Um, I think Dos Anjos is going to get damage him a little bit and then just kind of grapple him for the rest of the fight and just win by decision. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I think that's fair. Like I said, I mean, yeah, and like I said, my, really my only concern, my huge concern with RDA is that he just hasn't looked good in this division. He hasn't looked no, as good as what he used to look like. And like I said, just no, being, he has no power. In being the his, yeah, being his, I mean, he's got power, but I mean, it's just like. It's not what he used to have. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's like, and power almost needs, almost. well, yeah, I can't say this anymore, but I'm going to say it anyways. I would say power means nothing against Vincent Luque, but, I mean, it may now. We, yeah, we, we uh, don't know. I mean, there's no telling. So, I mean, like I said, I don't know. I said, if already is smart, I mean, he'll try and, like, go for, t- I mean, just keep going for takedowns and takedowns and just keep his distance from Luque. Um, you know, sneak in his shots where he can. I don't think he's going to win a striking battle straight up against Vincent. Uh, I think it'll be close for some rounds, but I think all the rounds is just going to be like a huge advantage if it stays on the feet the whole time, which I doubt it does. I mean, um, I'm not saying this fight is going to stay on the mat, but I think it, it will hit the mat. It's going to be up to Vincent to see if, um, you know, it's really going to be up to his durability. I don't know if his durability stands, you know, stands the test. If it was just a fluke, his last knockout, then no, I think he wins easily. Um, and no discredit to RDA is just, you know. Yeah, uh, just, man, uh, that's a tough. And hemorrhage, <laughs> I mean, that's, oof. Yeah, it's, it's, it's scary words, but like I said, it's um, unfortunately a little bit more common in the UFC than people would like to um, would like to know about. But like I said, sure recovery time for it too, all things compared. You'd think like you'd be out years or something, but oh, just months. Back to fighting. Yeah, no kidding. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it should be a fun. I think it's fight. gonna be a good fight though. Yeah, it should be a fun fight. Like I said, it's like the fights I don't know. The fights aren't necessarily boring, but I think like most of these fights have like heavy favorites, and the ones that don't have heavy favorites will be very interesting. Most of them yeah, that don't have heavy favorites one, will be this more is interesting. The most, most interested I'm in. In these fights, this, yeah. this fight, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that and like the Roundtree fight is a close one. The uh, Tafan and Dobson fight is going to be close for me. Um, that maybe I feel like there's another one, but um, anyways, uh, that'll wrap it up. Uh, like I said, we need to go back and tally our um, our predictions. This, I don't know where we're at, but I'd like to keep track of that. See. 
you know, see where we are. Be interesting to see how good we are at picking who we think yeah, is we'll going to win. We'll come back to it uh, when we when we record next time, if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe do some research or something. And I can really just got to go back and listen. But uh, I have my documents in front of me, so I, mean, I can see who I chose. But um, yeah. Anyways, um, that'll wrap it up for UFC. Uh, is there something you'd like to end the show with? Uh, no, I think I think I'm good. All right. Well, if um, that's the case, actually, you know what? Right before we get off, let's check the um, preseason scores. Uh, I know Patriots got slacked by the uh, the fighting. Who did the Texans have? Stroud. Stroud. Yeah, the fighting, fighting Stroud. Stroud that threw for twelve yards. Mm-hmm. Did he throw like a pick six? Not a pick six, but a uh, interception like this first drive. Yes. <laughs> the headline, yes, C.J. Stroud struggles in preseason debut. Man, hey, he threw man. the ball four times. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude. <laughs> All right, we've seen enough, C.J. Get your ass off the field now. Yeah, he went two for four and get, he got sacked for 15 <laughs> yards. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's uh, a game right here. Get him uh, out of here. <laughs> I've seen enough. Did Kayshawn Booty play? I don't know. Oh, well, he had two catches. I was, I was looking catches. for him, but I didn't notice. I really wasn't like paying that much attention. Had two targets, two catches, seven yards with a long of four. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Very, very. And the Vikings. Trace on the Patriots now? <laughs> Dude's making his way around because sworn he was on the Cardinals. I know he's not on the Cardinals anymore, so I guess that's where he's at. Malik Cunningham. Man, I didn't, know, I didn't realize they had them. Throw it on a dime. <laughs> Uh, Ravens legend. Oh, Nick Mullins, 10 for 14, 96 yards. Wow. Let me see. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see the rookie stats. Oh, Charbonnet's playing. Is he? Mm-hmm. And yeah, as expected, he's not really running. He's more, you know, more or less being used as a receiver. At least from what I see. He's not even on the uh, rushing uh Rushing list. He may not even play anymore. They may have played him for one drive because he has one reception for six yards. He's only been targeted once and has zero carries. Am I tripping? Who does he play for? Seahawks. I thought so. Okay. Only reason I know is because he's on my fantasy team, my dynasty team. Yes, yes, yes. Jackson Smith and Jigbo only has one catch. He had two yards. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, he's only been targeted once, though. So I mean, to his, you know, you get Drew Locke, who's three for five. Mm. Which isn't bad, but I mean, only for 18 yards. Uh, Jordan Addison's looking good. Well, I mean, actually, I don't know. He's been targeted three times, only has one catch. I don't know if it's a, a defender problem, a quarterback problem, or an Addison problem, but uh, um, his one his one, his one, one catch he has, he has for 22 yards. So Please be an Addison problem. <laughs> Push the safe flowers engine by making every other receiver look like booty. I can't stand Jordan Addison. <laughs> Where is he from again? Uh, oh. He uh, he was at Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, and then hmm. transferred to the team in Southern California. Yeah, okay. I, I thought he was from USC. So yeah. So what's wrong with USC? I mean, I don't know why you hate on USC so much. They literally like probably they they you can't hate them more than they hate themselves. <laughs> I just don't like Lincoln Riley. Oh well, I mean, do you like Oklahoma now? Then yeah, I don't mind Oklahoma. All right. 
I mean, they're whatever. I like it whenever their wagon um topples over. <laughs> I know that was pretty exciting. <laughs> or like whenever like the the whatever the people call it, they get like dragged by on the wagon, like in the old days when you hog top people and like tie them to the back of your horse and just like you know haul. <laughs> wasn't that oklahoma that that happened to like someone was like getting like dragged behind not like dragged behind like that but they were like hanging i don't know i could have sworn i feel like it was like a male cheerleader or something yes yes he was like i mean he was he was like hanging like from his by his feet or something like kind of like hanging upside down from the back of the wagon or back of the i don't don't know is oklahoma the only team that does the wagon thing yes i believe so hmm or was it? Oh, was it Colorado when the Buffalo like pulling them or something? Oh, that'd be hilarious! Mm, just getting trampled right. by the Buffalo. It was. Uh, it was actually you Georgia. go one and eleven, and you get trampled by uh, a yeah. Buffalo. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. It's actually Georgia. Their bulldog uh, Uga or Uga, however you want to say it. Oh, it, was, was, uh, it was dragging them across the field. Yes. <laughs> the dog was moving at 50 miles an hour too. Apparently, mm-hmm. so blocked it. Never get one, uh, Bevo though. The Longhorn <laughs> attacked. Attacked Uga. <laughs> Come here, man. Now it's just like, whoa, whoa, like freaking out. Yeah, that was the most exciting thing in that game. <laughs> oh, and uh, Sam Allen just said, we're back. Yes, I remember yeah, that. That's just proceeding to blow the next three seasons. Mm-hmm. Which is just unfortunate for them. Unfortunate. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm as big a Texas fan as anyone else, you know, but... It so is not at all. I kind of yes, exactly. But you know the the human in me wants to feel bad for teams like them in USC because it's like dang, like how how are you how do you have that much talent consistently, and how do you underperform so consistently? Like what is it that you know that like like what cursed USC? Reggie Bush, <laughs> Pete Carroll leaving. <laughs> well, actually, interestingly enough, I don't know if you know you remember this, but uh, Texas. Their old head coach now coaches for no. I mean, I'm sorry. USC's old head coach tex, coaches Texas now. Oh, that's interesting. Steve Sarkeesian, he got fired from USC for being drunk on the job. Like legitimately? Yeah, like or he they was, just, or yeah, he, he was, was so bad they just assumed he was drunk. No, he was. <laughs> let, me see, let me pull up the story. Who's that Arkansas head coach again? Bobby Petrino. <laughs> he's not an Arkansas coach anymore. Now he, he's right. the offensive he's, coordinator for A&M. Mm-hmm. Blue Mountain State moment. <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian fired as USC football coach. Checks checks into treatment facility. That was in 2015. Mm. Speaking after of that, that, he went to the uh, the rehab facility of college football and was the offensive coordinator under Nick Saban. Hmm. But um, you know, speaking of college football, um, you know, we'll end the episode on this. But how, are you excited for Thad Castle to be on the cover of the Man, um, new college football game? I don't even know what I'm gonna do with myself when <laughs> when that game comes out. I think oh, I might dude. take a, I might take a week <laughs> off of work. Oh, dude, 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 tell me about it, dude. Oh man, Man. dude, we're gonna have to spend like spend the whole weekend at like at each other's place or something, and um. 
Dude, like as fun as as fun as Madden is, it just didn't compare. It doesn't compare. No, dude. There's nothing. There's nothing like, be, like being the head coach of like a college football team and like you know taking your team through the rankings, recruiting. You know, I mean, going against your rivals. You know, the school spirit, the mascots. I mean, who's your who's your go to team to coach? I'd always do rent. Like if I chose, so. The older I, was I got, like the Buffalo more, or Ball State. Yeah, if, if I, so the older I got, I was a uh, Akron kind of guy, but oh, um, yes, Akron. <laughs> but um, so I would always start off as like a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator, and you know I'd do okay during the season. I'd keep doing okay or well, and then you know the coaching carousel would come around. Like, oh, you just got offered, you know, offensive coordinator position at you know like a Power Five school. It's like, oh, pup, sign me up. And then, you know, I do well there. And then I'd get a head coach offer for like, you know, a group of five schools. So then I'd go back down, but I'd be the head coach. And then I'd get fired for inappropriate conduct in the workplace. And I'm uh, <laughs> joking. But, um, yeah, no, that's kind of the route I took. Um, I, when I first started, you know, I would just straight up be the head coach of LSU and just dominate everyone. You know, I'd be, you know, if I didn't beat Bama by 70, it, would, it was a bad year for me. Yeah, I uh, I'm excited for it to come out. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, I'm happy 2K. I'm very happy 2K is going to be crossplay. But yeah, I mean 2K's been slacking lately, unfortunately. But um, yeah, you know, I don't know. We'll see. It's just, it's going to be fun being able to see a, a console war now between the two, uh, between uh, PlayStation and Xbox on 2K. See who's finally better. And um. Should make things very interesting. I hope, they, I hope college football is cross play. Yeah, I know. It better be. But they know what's that being for. said, I guess thanks for listening, everybody. See y'all in the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all for listening. As always, peace out.